Hello and welcome to the first episode of My Last Daughter podcast. You obviously loved the preview because you've come back for more. Well, I'm really happy to say that my first ever guest is the writer Lucy Harbron, who is the founder and editor of culture magazine Killeran, as well as being someone who can tell you everything you need to know about the Chelsea Hotel. We're going to be talking about how people are staying creative during lockdown, indulging on our guilty pleasures, aka Twilight and Glee, as well as asking Lucy her perfect last order. socially distanced so you know there might be a few technical difficulties the sound quality is not perfect but we're trying our best all right so lucy i've just done a little introduction for you but you go ahead and introduce yourself so i'm lucy um i'm a writer so i do a lot of kind of for work to pay the bills i write about fashion mostly and then outside of work i do all kinds of writing I run like a fashion and lifestyle blog and then I run a kind of arts and culture magazine that focuses a lot on music as well as kind of publishing different types of literature from like poetry through to kind of visual art and then I also do burlesque on the side so big mixed bag of things. So how are you finding that because obviously you can't go out and do burlesque as you would do like normally how are you finding it in lockdown have you been doing it in other ways kind of yeah so normally I would go to like a weekly kind of rehearsal class but obviously I can't do that so I feel like I've probably let the actual technique and my flexibility go quite a lot but I'm about to perform in like a virtual show which is going to be so weird um doing like a burlesque show over zoom so it's like, I'm not going to be able to hear anyone kind of react. It's just going to be me performing to like silence in my flat. It'd it's be good if they could send like love heart reacts and thumbs up. <laughs> I hope so. Because otherwise it's going to be like, I'll finish and then I'll be like, thanks guys. <laughs> <laughs> so just complete silence. And how are you finding, because you said for you work to pay the bills, you write about fashion. <laughs> How are you finding that now that like loads of major events haven't taken place, like the Met Gala, that's not happened? Although some people have been sharing what they would have worn, but... Yeah, um, it's been weird. Um, less so kind of events, more in the terms of like um, having to adapt to kind of what you're trying to sell to people, because obviously no one's buying shoes. Um, and even kind of with seasons we don't really know what season it's going to be when this all ends so kind of the fashion calendar's gone out of the window a bit in terms of we're having to kind of think about oh it's sunny this week so people might want to buy this because no one's really thinking ahead of times but I think definitely there's just kind of less inspiration like trying to find things to write about that aren't just really like doom and gloom about the situation yeah I thought that because I saw like I know Vogue magazine have brought out their edition and it's got, like, is it Dame Judi Dench on it? She's, like, the oldest person to ever be on the cover. And I suppose that's, like, that's nice news and it'd be good if loads of other people followed suit rather than just being, like, oh, 
here's an article on what to wear in lockdown and here's how yeah. to look good on your zoom calls exactly I think it's um gonna change things kind of because we're all just thinking about what's essential it's kind of the idea of like fashion weeks and stuff and like really high-end luxury fashion and kind of a lot of the stuff that Vogue would have done with like really couture dresses and stuff feels so useless and like distant now that it's interesting to think kind of how like not only the fashion industry but even like celebrity culture and stuff how it's all going to have been changed after this and speaking of the Met Gala who would who was you most looking forward to seeing Mm, I think that in recent years Zendaya has always really pulled it out of the bag and I think she's exciting because she is quite young and she doesn't really have like a reputation to uphold because I think some of them like just get caught in what they would normally wear or like people like Jared Leto like he always proper goes for it it just annoys me people who wear suits I think if you wear a suit you should be turned away definitely it's just boring especially when like the themes are so out there and then they just turn up in a suit that you'd wear for Mm. a funeral it's just the models who just kind of turn up in like a pretty dress it's like it's not the point no because art doesn't have to be pretty that's why it's so good and then they just turn up in like a nice pink dress it's like i i could have done so much more if you would have invited me (laughs) i know i would have loved to have seen what you'd have worn oh well and sometimes i plan and i'm like i definitely wear this dress or if harry styles (laughs) was my plus one then we'd have to match We'll never know what Harry Styles was going to wear. So sad. This is the worst thing about the lockdown. We'll never know what he was going to do. It's heartbreaking. I hope Harry Styles is having a good lockdown. If you listen to this, Harry. (laughs) (laughs) And you mentioned that you're like the founder and editor of the magazine. How do you pronounce it again? Well, I don't even really know, but I always say Killeran. You're the editor and founder of Culture Magazine, Killeran, Killeran. Yeah, either yeah. way. <laughs> and it seems like it's all positive things and like a lot of reviews of new artists who a lot of people haven't heard of. Is that something that you want to like go for, like away from uh, like lockdown news? Yeah, I think so. I think like, especially with the magazine, mine's kind of been the opposite in that like before lockdown had started, I hadn't touched it for literally like a year and a half. When I was in kind of last year of uni, I didn't touch it at all. So instead, like lockdown's kind of inspired me to bring it back to life a bit. I think in the start, it was just kind of me and people I knew. So the focus was always on kind of up and coming artists and like bands I knew. So it's just kind of followed along that path. Because I feel like, I don't know, when it comes to kind of bigger releases, I'm very aware of, like, what can what can I say about it? Like, the new 1975 song, it's like, who cares what I think about that? Whereas it's like, if I'm talking to kind of um, newer bands and giving them, like, a bit of exposure and getting the chance to kind of talk to them, I think it's just a bit more interesting. It's, like, just more relevant to everyone who's writing it and kind of the people who are reading it are a bit more interested in kind of bands they might see in like local venues I think as well in terms of kind of lockdown doom and gloom I'm just trying to stay away from it and like I think it's really interesting instead talking about the ways in which people are like staying creative and staying excited about things so I'm excited about kind of like talking to bands about what they're like listening to and how they're handling kind of a bit of downtime but 
in a way that's actually quite exciting like giving them the chance to kind of just step back for a second rather than doing like live performances and having to be rehearsing all the time it's quite interesting to think like how are they filling the time when they've got this kind of strange freedom suddenly I bet when lockdown is all over and everyone goes back to normal there's going to be a lot of people who've like found new hobbies or they've become like really creative and I keep thinking about like back in like the 60s and the 70s when like these massive bands like the Beatles would go away for months or like they'd go to different countries and they'd come back like a whole new band and like a whole new sound that's what I'm sort of hoping comes out of this like sadly all the people who can't go out and perform like they might have been working on music and they've got this time that they wouldn't have had if this wasn't all going on yeah definitely and like even kind of beyond music I've literally been seeing people like picking up whole new things or like people who have never talked about the fact that they can play this instrument or like friends who can suddenly kind of make full dresses and stuff like that it's like people are really kind of digging back into like their actual skills that it's so nice to see like rather than it just being kind of oh what are you doing like watching Netflix like it's nice seeing people actually kind of do stuff and how that'll have like changed your relationships and your like friendship circles after this is all over yeah definitely I know you mentioned like people just like not watching Netflix and things like that I've noticed like the BBC have now put on things that would sort of inspire people to be creative rather than just I don't know reality tv it's quite refreshing like I've seen that they've put on Bob Ross like his painting Mm -hmm. program on BBC4 and I've been watching that and my mum has actually said to me will you try and follow the like the tv program and paint a picture and I was just like mum I know I did textiles a level but my painting is awful <laughs> but they've also got like the sewing bee the great british sewing bee is on bbc oh, one yeah. and that's just so wholesome like watching people make these like full-on outfits out of a tea towel it's got me yeah. thinking i can do it even though i think i'd get shouted at if i turned all our tea towels into a dress mm, i think like in general even kind of on instagram like people are getting annoyed at people for sharing these like chain things, like these 30 day song challenges. I love it. Like, I do. I'm just so nosy about what people actually are doing and what they're like, what books everyone's reading and what TV shows they're watching and stuff like that. I think it's really interesting. Yeah. And it puts like it under perspective, like someone tagged me in one, it was like, pick your five favourite albums that you could listen to without skipping. And I was like, I can't think. But, and then I got into it and then I ended up like listing all these albums that I would listen to and narrowing it down. And then it's, it's, it's not weird, but it, it's strange to see like people who you associate with one sort of genre of music also really love Harry Styles or they also love like the complete opposite genre. Like for mine, yeah. I think I put like The Smiths and then I also had Harry Styles. And I was like, I think if I would have said that when I was 16, I would have been like, you're wrong, how dare you, you're a traitor to the indie music scene. But now I'm in lockdown, no one can have a go at me. Yeah, exactly. I feel like everyone's like, not that Harry Styles is a guilty pleasure, because Harry Styles is very much like, number one. But like everyone's guilty pleasures have kind of come to the surface. Like, yeah, everyone watching Disney Plus and re-watching like High School Musical or Twilight and stuff like that I think it's so nice like 
everyone's just laying themselves out on social media and all of that. I've actually never watched Twilight. That's like never my did. big confession. Never watched you it. You need to watch Twilight. It's so funny. Have you read the books? Well, I started reading the first one when I was like 15 and I was on holiday in Florida and I was reading it and a lizard jumped on my book and since then I've not <laughs> touched it. I know like the lizard isn't here but... It's cursed. Yeah, I think just go straight for the films. The best part of the films is like how much the actors hit Twilight. There's like such good interviews with Robert Pattinson where he's like just despairing over his career. I don't know, Robert Pattinson seems like a really... Like, not to have a go at Twilight, but now he seems like if someone would have said to me he was in Twilight, I'd yeah. be like, no way. He's, like, really cool now. But so is Christian Stewart, I think. But honestly, you need to watch Twilight. It's, like, it's so bad. It's so funny. I, I'm going to end up watching it now, and then I'll come out of all this being, like, I'm the biggest Twilight fan ever. I'm going to buy all the merch <laughs> and have the bedding. I just feel like... My lockdown is so much helped by the fact that all the Twilight films are now on Netflix, along with Cat in the Hat, which is just a perfect film. Iconic. That is such an iconic film. I love it. Right, so now that we've got to know you, we're going to go straight in with your ideal last order. So we're going to talk about your perfect place, and it could literally be anywhere. It could be even be somewhere you've never been before, but... If you had to pick that one place to go, it would be that place. And then we're going to talk about the drink you'd have, a snack, and then we're going to end it with your jukebox song that you're going to pick that is like your perfect song that you go to. So, cool. where would be your ideal place for your last order? So, these questions are so stressful. <laughs> like, it's so hard to pick. It's like one of those Instagram things where you get tagged in it. Yeah. Especially when you limit, like, go out to, like, you can have never been to that place. Because it's like, I started thinking about really fancy bars that I've always wanted to go to and stuff. And I was even kind of thinking, like, because obviously before I only moved to Manchester, like, nine months ago or something. And then before that, I was in Sheffield for three years. So I was like, do I pick somewhere in Manchester? Do I pick somewhere in Sheffield? But then... I was like, right, I'm just going to have to go with kind of all faithful. That's never let me down. And I'm going to have to say the Washington and Sheffield, because that was kind of like my spot in my third year of uni. And it was kind of like, I'd just be there all the time. Like we'd either, we'd go in during the day for like a little day drink. We'd go in kind of to start the night. We'd go in for the whole night. It was just kind of, always a reliable spot where it was always going to be good there was always going to be people you knew the music there was always going to be good apart from some nights but generally you enjoy the music there and then like as well it kind of always had bands on especially I used to love going like the first Monday of every month they'd have like an acoustic night on so you could kind of go and it'd be quiet enough for you to like have drinks and like chat with your friend but then you'd also have a gig on but then most months it would end up in a way bigger gig than it was ever kind of planning to be and you'd always end up being a way later than you thought you'd be it's just like there's so many good memories there of like so many good gigs and so many good weekends that I just had to go for that one we both went to university in Sheffield and I think it's like the best place to go as a student because I spent like a year 
at university in London and that was like it felt really weird it felt like I'd grown up and I'd skipped the whole being a student because you obviously have to focus a lot more on your money when you're in London and not everything's Mm. as cheap and also there isn't really a student nightlife in London I know some people will be like oh well you've got all these like amazing nightclubs and venues and places to go and watch bands but when you go and it's just like there's no other students all my friends are like oh yeah I've just had like been to this one pound night and had one pound shots and one pound booze and everything's perfect and then I'd be like yeah well I'm just in bed watching Coronation Street (laughs) because I don't actually have a social life now I can't afford one but when I came to Sheffield it was like the complete opposite it was like there was places to go if you wanted to sit down and just have a really nice beer and listen to some music in the background and then it'd be lead mill which is a complete opposite and yeah I'm actually really missing lead mill right now I miss lead mill so much as well I think it's really nice in Sheffield and like it's a very studenty city but I also think like the general Sheffield community is very willing to adopt students like from what I've heard in quite a lot of other cities it's very much like the students and the locals and they keep very separate whereas I feel like in Sheffield they all kind of blurred into one like a lot of my closest friends um from Sheffield didn't go to uni and they're just kind of people who worked in different places that I got really good friends with and even like kind of young professionals in the city are just really kind of excited to get to know the students and you just kind of become one big community it's like a bit of a joke that like everyone knows everyone and kind of when you're there you're like oh everyone knows my business but kind of looking back now I'm like oh I miss that where it's like you kind of go anywhere and you know you're going to see someone that you know and I keep, like you said about like the locals when I went to halls I didn't realize like how close we lived to like the locals yeah. I remember driving down like the snake pass and going through all like these massive fields and seeing all these mansions and then it'd come to like like smaller houses and then there'd just be the halls and it would it felt really weird because I always imagined there would be like student accommodation on one side of the city and then on the other side it'd be where all the locals lived but it felt really nice it was all it all like blended in together and it sounds weird but it made me feel less homesick if I ever felt homesick I was like walking down the road and I'd see like I don't know a woman pushing a pram or like grandparents and I'd be like oh I don't feel that bad now because it sort of feels like there's a community here for me as well yeah 100% like my flat in Verger like I lived like next door to just a family (laughs) the student area especially kind of well all of them are just kind of residential areas you always kind of feel like you live in Sheffield you don't kind of feel like you live in the University of Sheffield or like in Hallam you're very much kind of there with everyone which I think part of that is why I like the Washington because it was like as well as it becoming quite a studenty place, it was still the place where like graduated students who still lived in the city were there, as well as kind of older professionals and even just like old men. It's like the perfect combination of a pub of like being young people like there for good music and all of that, as well as like 
that perfect level of like old man pub. Yeah, that's the best when there's like a like a balance of you're mm. not walking in to like a pub and then it's full of first years and you're a third year and you just want somewhere to sort of have a beer but not get distracted. Well then, yeah. I suppose like like you said, like the old men, it's nice because then, I don't know, I've always thought if I've seen an old person in a pub, I sort of know it's a good pub or they must sell, it must either be like they sell good beer or they're really friendly people who work there. Yeah. Also, Washington was, well, is still, (laughs) it's like the perfect location. It's the perfect distance from everywhere. Kind of, it was walkable from student, like your student house also you were like a second away if you wanted to go to kind of one of the bars on West Street you were like two minutes away if you then decided like let's go to Leadmill you're like right in the centre perfect yeah and I think that's like the whole thing about Sheffield despite all the hills everything's quite close yeah and you also kind of I used to just justify the hills and I'll be like well I'll walk there and then I've done like a bit of exercise today (laughs) and then I'll get an Uber back yeah that's what I used to think even when it was like like if it was raining it was fine but as soon as the snow came I wouldn't leave my house. No that was just lethal. So we're going to talk about your favourite drink to have. So you sat in the Washington and Mm -hmm. you want the perfect last order drink. What do you go for? Right this one was the hardest one. (laughs) This was so difficult and kind of cheating I've narrowed it down to one alcoholic drink and one non-alcoholic drink if I can give you two that is fine because I was was trying to like when I made the preview episode I said like oh it doesn't have to be an alcoholic drink and then I went and picked a beer and I was like oh no I hope people who like don't drink or the too young to drink who are listening to this are like oh well I'm not going to listen anymore but yeah. yeah, it's good. Please tell me your alcoholic and non-alcoholic drink. So my alcoholic drink struggled with this one because I kept thinking about like the really great different like cocktails I've had somewhere. But I was like finding that I was kind of straining to think of them. Whereas there's one cocktail that's on my mind constantly to the point where like I get intense cravings for it. So I have like I'll literally be texting my friends all week and be like, can we please go and get one of these, please, please, please. And I feel like it's really underrated because I doubt anyone goes here to just get a cocktail. But at night and day in Manchester, they have a cocktail menu that's just like scribbled on a chalkboard. And I feel like no one's there for the cocktails. But on that cocktail menu is a gin martini. And it's the best thing. It's so good. And more people need to have it. And it feels really stupid because it's like you're in night and day. And I'd also like to say that this is best enjoyed on one of the really wobbly tables outside, especially if you're having it kind of like midday. Like I wouldn't have this while I was there on a night. This is very much like a day drink. But so you're there, you're on this table and they come in like the proper like martini glass. So you feel kind of stupid. but they're just perfect it's like really sharp and like quite sour and like packs an absolute punch it's so strong but I don't know I don't even know what it is about them they're just the best thing ever and I know what you mean about sitting outside because 
I've like, I grew up in Manchester and I remember walking past night and day and I'd see all these like cool grown-ups sat outside <laughs> smoking and drinking and I'm being like 16 and being like, that is going to be me when I'm older and thinking like, these, these people are like the coolest people I know and they look like they belong in like a French indie film. Literally, like, whenever I'm going, I know I'm going to sit outside. I do kind of feel, like, pressure with your outfit. Because as well, it's, like, the perfect people watching Spot because it's on that main road. But also, I just have such nice memories there. Like, every time kind of friends from Sheffield have come and visit, we tend to kind of, like, pull over into night and day on just a shopping day and get a cocktail at, like, bordering on too early. Or like once when my friend had been to visit and we were like atrociously hungover, we'd been and had brunch at Alabama's around the corner and had a cocktail there and we were like, we need more, <laughs> like we need to drink this away. And went into night and day, it literally must have been like half 10, 11 and got these gin martinis. And I remember just being there and like, it like, practically pajamas no makeup on like sat outside night and day at quarter to 11 in the morning just drinking one of these gin martinis but that's like the best thing about the northern quarter I've actually I'll admit I have been out on nights out in my pajamas and you no one's ever oh, yeah. said to me like uh, aren't they pajamas <laughs> I love that I always feel like on the front of night and day I want to be wearing like a little mini skirt and like a beret definitely that's like the, that's the perfect image of night and day your gin martini with your beret on <laughs> and your little skirt right and what would your non-alcoholic drink be okay so my non-alcoholic drink is this like they specifically do it in summer but in steam yard bouncing back over to sheffield they do this drink called a mexican coke and it's it's so nice but it sounds disgusting like, I remember I kept reading it on their menu because I would have always just got, like, an iced latte or something. And I kept reading it on their summer menu and I was like, I don't know about that. Because it's, like, um, like full-fat Coke, but the type of Coke that you get in a bottle, so you know it's really good, like a glass bottle. Um, and then, like, cold brew espresso and then, like, lime, I think something like that so I was a bit like I don't know how I feel about it but then one day I was like let's just get one so nice and then that was always kind of the thing I got when it was sunny and I remember on like my last day in Sheffield I went and I got all my favourites from Steamyard to like say goodbye and I got their grilled cheese a brownie and then that Mexican coke and I just love it and it's so refreshing but it's also something where I just can't make it at home and I'm too scared to try like I don't want to be pouring coffee into a bottle of coke at home it's like something that very much has to be consumed in Sheffield in the courtyard at Steam Yard. Yeah definitely I love Steam Yard I remember going and it was like a really really hot day and it was only in like the morning and I went and it was packed and I'd never been before and I was like, oh, I feel under pressure to, like, pick something. And I, I even had, like, a cappuccino, like, a basic one. And it was so nice. And I remember yeah. sitting in, like, the courtyard and the sun was out. And I was like, if I close my eyes, I'm actually abroad, somewhere really hot and sunny. Then I opened my mm -hmm. eyes and I was back in Sheffield. 
it's like one of those places where the second it's hot everyone just like flocks there I remember like kind of the second it was hot that would be the place where I'd go to like read my book or whatever and it was like a race to getting those outdoor tables so you sat in the Washington are you sat inside near a window or I'm very much sat outside in the little table bit with the heat button on oh they're a godsend them with like their heaters and then you can just sit outside all night and not have to worry about getting cold yeah it's like as much as I love the music at the Washington it was very much always kind of you're outside and then you have to make a decision where you're like oh let's go inside and have a boogie so you sat outside and you've got your gin martini and your Mexican coke um what snack do you go for it very much depends on the night for me like whether I'm in for a big one or I'm just going out for like a couple of drinks if I'm going out for a couple of drinks I might like have something while I'm out like if you're in a bar that also does food love that um but otherwise I'd just wait for the classic like chips at the end of the night so what snack would you go for then if you were to have one um snack that I would go for would be those like do you say Snyder's Snyder's like honey mustard crushed up pretzel things like I just love them and I I've never I would never have them in a pub like I've never had them in a pub but I got really addicted to them when I was doing my dissertation to the point where like I'd risk my seat in the library to do a mad dash to the SU shop and they were like really expensive they were like two pounds for a little bag like a crisp bag size bag of them but they were just worth it I was proper obsessed with them and I was going through like a bag a day I know what because at first I was thinking what I've never heard of them but I've googled it now and I know what you mean I really love the jalapeno ones yeah see I'm I like the honey mustard ones because they're kind of like salty and sweet which is like the best flavour combination. And for people who are listening who don't know, if you're willing to risk your seat in the library, that means you love them because you can never get a seat, especially when it's like this time of year, if everyone was still at uni, then you definitely would not be able to get a seat. I remember sitting on the floor because there was like no tables, no seats. Yeah, but those pretzel pieces, absolutely worth it. And now we're coming to the end of your perfect night. So you sat outside in the Washington, you've got your gin martini on one side, your Mexican Coke on the other, and then you've got your Snyder's pretzels as well. What jukebox song would you go for? So to top off that absolute dream spread, I'm going to go for Jessie's Girl by Rick Springfield. Because <laughs> it's just a banger like it absolutely slaps and I was trying to think about it and I was like oh I could pick something dead cool and like all of that but I've just never not like I've never heard Jessie's Girl and not being happy about the fact that I was hearing Jessie's Girl I think it's a perfect song and is that one that you'd hear a lot in like the the pubs in Sheffield I feel like I've heard it every now and then but I feel like it always goes down well like every well to be fair actually I've had like two boyfriends who both really hated that song and I really should have taken that as a sign because I did, there's just nothing 
not to like about it. It builds perfectly. It's got drama. It's got a great catchy beat to it. Perfect. So that would be the one song that you'd pick. Do you remember like the first time you heard it or why it's so like special to you? I feel like the first time I heard it was when it was on Glee. And I remember it being like, I'm like thinking back on it now. <laughs> I feel like it was Finn singing it when during that brief time on Glee, when Rachel was going out with Puck, Puck's first name, I think being Jesse. So I think it was like the perfect song that they could like slip into this plot line. It wouldn't surprise me if they wrote the whole plot line just so they could perform that song. But I also kind of feel like if a song has been on Glee, it's a mark that the song absolutely slaps because every great song in history has been on Glee. Definitely. Like, I feel like Glee reinvents classic songs. Like, I'd never heard of Don't Stop Believing until I'd watched Glee. <laughs> I remember watching X Factor at the time, and someone, I think it was called Joe McKeldry, he did, like, oh. a cover of it. And he was from, I think he was from Newcastle, and Cheryl was like, oh, this is our tune, and then he, he played it, and everyone was like, oh, my God, he's singing the song from Glee. <laughs> yeah that was like a cultural reset when like suddenly everyone was joining glee clubs it was a great time <laughs> yeah I feel like that's probably one of my most used phrases it's like if I'm hearing a song I'll be like oh this was on glee <laughs> even if it's like an absolutely massive song like a Lady Gaga song or something or like when they've done like massive Fleetwood Mac songs I'm like oh this was on Glee. So, to round up your perfect last order, you sat in the Washington in Sheffield by the heaters outside, you're drinking a Mexican Coke made by Steamyard mm -hmm. and a gin martini made by Night and Day mm -hmm. Cafe in Manchester. You're yeah. snacking on some Snyder's pretzels and you've got Rick Springfield, Jesse, Jesse's girl playing. Would you be up dancing or would you just be sat there like chilling? I feel like I'd be, I'd probably be sat there enjoying my spread, but with like a solid sing-along going on, maybe like a seat boogie. That's the best kind. I feel like yeah. Yeah, it has to be the right time and place for me to get up and dance. Otherwise, mm -hmm. I'm just sat there like, oh yeah. I'd like it if like everyone I was with, when you're all kind of sat there and you're all singing along, just like looking at each other. That's basically that's like English. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just performing for each other. <laughs> oh, God. Did you just hear that? Oh, it's the bell ringing for the last orders. Looks like the pub's closing now. So, sadly, we're going to have to say goodbye to Lucy. So, Lucy, do you just want to give yourself a little shout out at the end? Uh, so, I'm Lucy, and you can follow my magazine on Instagram at Killer and Mag. That's spelled k-i-l-o-r-a-n yeah i think so killer and mag on instagram and if you're a band and you want to get us to review something or have a chat with us slide into the dms and that's that cheers lucy for being my first guest on my last order podcast i hope it went all right for you i really enjoyed that you can check out lucy's last order pics on our website www 
mylastardapodcast.wordpress.com God, that's a mouthful. As well as our social media at mylastardapod on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and I look forward to you joining me again next week for another episode of My Last Daughter Podcast. <laughs>